Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. on the Believe Network. My name is Patrick Chiodi. I am one of your two hosts of this program. Joining me, as always, is former Denver Broncos Super Bowl 50 champion, Chris Harris Jr. Chris, welcome back. It's good to see you, man. How you doing? Doing good, man. It was a great, uh, good break, man. It's sad that, you know, the Chiefs went into the Raiders' home and won a Super Bowl. But, you know, now it's time for the new season now. So now we can try to have good hopes and uh, prayers for what the Broncos are going to do for this offseason. Amen. Absolutely. The Kansas City Chiefs, as you all know, win Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas uh, in a, in a, a really great game. Honestly, uh, we're going to we're going to break down the Super Bowl. You're going to get Chris's thoughts on the big game. We're also going to talk about the NFL draft combine that is coming up. Very exciting time for, for sure. draft nerds like myself. And we're going to talk a little bit about free agency. Should the Denver Broncos target a certain position or player in this upcoming free agent period? But Chris, before we get into the show, we've got a message from our sponsors. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today and become part of the team and remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. And Chris, where we're going to start is, of course, Super Bowl 58. What a game, man. What a game. Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. Niners played really good defense, I felt, in the first half. Uh, suffered a, a really big loss that kind of opened up some holes for for the chiefs to take advantage of what did you, what was your yeah. initial feelings uh throughout the game did you like what you saw from the 49ers defense uh was there anything that you would have maybe done a little bit differently what what did you think about the game oh man it was definitely uh you know when you play in these tight games like that um it usually always happens like five key plays you know that are going to be like game changers you know, and I think the 49ers just, you know, careless with the ball on special teams, right? Yeah. Giving the ball right back. Oh, uh, they were fumbling like crazy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the whole first half, you know, just just careless with the ball. You can't be like that in big games, especially versus uh, the Chiefs versus Mahomes. You can't give him extra possessions, yeah. right? The goal is to run the ball to keep him off the field and not give him a chance to, you know, get extra, get those extra possessions. And eventually, uh, if you keep giving him chances, he's going to wear you down. And that's exactly what happened. You know, when the key moments came, uh, Mahomes made those key plays. Uh, it's like Andy Reid, you know, he saves his, like, best 20 plays for the end, you know, yeah. <laughs> to bring out, you know. and uh, But the, really, the touchdown play, right, um, to the flat to, uh, what was that, Hardman, is that his name? Yeah. The, the DB, simply, all he had to do is take the flat, four strong. Yep. As a nickel, I'm outside the bunch. I'm thinking it taking. I have the first thing outside, mm-hmm. right? Um, and because I, I know the backers are pushing over towards me because there's nobody on the opposite side, right? Right. As a defender, right? So I don't understand how Logan Ryan messes that up 
and he's a vet, you know. He's yeah. he's a guy that's you know, he's won a Super Bowl. So to see that happening, um, that was definitely upsetting, man. And it, it comes yeah. to a couple plays like that um in those big games. Yeah. Now a, a lot of uh a, a lot of people might be forgetting that last play. Uh Andy, this was a play that they've run in the Super Bowl before. It's a play that they they regularly use. Um, where they motion right. the guy across and then they they kind of quickly motion him back to just outside yep. the the tight end and then they they just run him on like a little flat so it's almost essentially like stick but they they just flash that guy out there so fast and you're absolutely right the the flat defender just got caught looking i don't know if he was looking for mahomes to to press the line of scrimmage or or what was going on but he just kind of he just kind of stood there and just looked at mahomes and, and didn't feel Hardman behind him. So uh easy touchdown for Pat winning the Super Bowl in that fashion. It it does really stink. Uh Chris, I, I gotta ask you um the final play for the Niners in overtime before they kicked the field goal. Looked like there was confusion uh uh up front with the offensive line for the Niners, but Brandon Ayuk absolutely like wow. ran the, the most beautiful route against sticky coverage got Snead to fall he's wide open in the end zone Brock Purdy not making that throw uh or, or I mean just not even diagnosing the fact that he has that that backside guy he was right in his line of sight um do you think that that's kind of a stain on Purdy or do you think that's kind of a stain more so just on the fact that the offensive line kind of blew you know, they dropped the ball in that sense. Man, when you get hit over and over by Chris Jones, um, it starts <laughs> to affect the quarterbacks, man. Yeah. And you can't, out of all the guys on the D-line, you let him go, right? So you it's the last you just, guy you want to be confused. You know, about. that's the that's the worst guy. Everybody on the old line should be communicating um, as he's they do deuce. to find the mic, right? You he's should know what Chris Jones at is. Least. He's, he's yeah. all, he should always be a deuce block. Always. Yeah, he's Cause he's automatic double team. Like you're saying, like yeah. he's an Aaron Donald type guy. Like you got to know where he's at at all times. Yeah. And for them to just, you know, completely with even having him one-on-one isn't enough. Yeah. Right. No, like, it wasn't um, there. Yeah. So I can't really, I have to blame the whole entire offense on that play. Um, yeah. Brandon, Ayuk, he was definitely a guy that they should have, he should have been the main target guy this week. Right, because I told you um, before the game, McDuffie's going to strap Debo. Yep. Um, guys, if anybody – I play Debo. I know Debo cannot really run routes like that, especially if you press him, right? Because he's, he's not faster than you. And if you're a guy that's strong as him, like a me or McDuffie, you know, we could yep. press him, right? Mm -hmm. um, where he kills you is is the yard or yards after the catch, yep. right? You got to be able to get him down. He turns to a running back. Now, that's where he does turn to a different type of player, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why you see him. They're giving him in motion, right, trying to give him a running start and trying right. to take McDuffie deep. And he just locks it because he's not fast like that. So yeah. they should have – They the 49ers messed up by trying to throw – give Debo 11 targets and not leaving uh, target, you know, IU. I think – I don't mm -hmm. even think he had five targets, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that's what they overestimated on that game plan. They didn't they didn't expect McDuffie to be that good. Yeah, I, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, six targets, 
three catches, 49 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, eight targets. Debo Samuel, 11 targets. Three 11 targets. catches for 33 yards. Three um, catches. I, I mean, I think like even Juwan Jennings, you know, five targets, four catches, 42 yards in that touchdown. I, I think that he could have been a bigger part. But man, when you have a guy like Ayuk, who's such a gifted route runner, and I was having this conversation with uh, with one of the people at the, the Super Bowl party. And I was telling him, you know, Ayuk is a, a fantastic route runner, probably one of the more underrated route runners in the league today. Uh, just doesn't doesn't get the attention or the love that he really, really should. Um, and, and I think that's probably going to be a big reason why we see him maybe on a different team next season. But, I, man, in the okay. biggest moments, you have to get the ball in their hands. Uh, sorry, Debo had nine. Uh, yeah, 11 targets, three catches. Uh, I, I just think in that wow. play, too, in that play, like mm-hmm. Debo or uh, Ayuk was just screaming open. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. there was no safety help. Uh, he, he's just wide open in the end zone. It, Purdy could have fell back and lofted that ball up there. And it's still a touchdown. Um, right. Kansas City wins the game. They drive down the field. A lot of people were questioning why, you know, why would you give, why would you take the ball first in overtime uh, against, you know, in the Super Bowl? I think, like, at that point in the game, I think San Francisco needed time for the defense to get their stuff together and actually come out with a good game plan against Mahomes in overtime because he's like he's going to score they're probably one of the best teams in terms of the the four minute offense two minute offense getting the ball down the field quickly they're going to score yeah uh regardless I, I don't really fault them for taking the ball first I know a lot of people are but I don't really fault them for doing that Make I do defense you and and that's fine that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> explain your explain your rationale because I think like for for me, the, the biggest thing was, yeah, like we have to go down and score. I wish they would would have run the ball a little bit better in overtime. Um, but like you had to go down and score and you had to give the defense time to to get their stuff together because in the third and fourth quarters, Chris, it it looked like a lot of the time the defense for the Niners was lost. I, I don't think they were getting the coverage calls incorrectly because you had guys lining up all over the place. You had guys putting their hands up the, you know, the, I don't know signal. What's the call mm-hmm. uh, that was happening quite a bit. And I think that's part of the reason why they ended up letting Steve Wilkes go uh, after they lost the game, but explain your decision as to why you would be upset mm-hmm. at them taking the ball first in overtime. Uh, it's the clutch factor in Mahomes, you know, just understanding that you I don't want to give him ever a chance to be uh have the ball last. Right. right, right so right. as a coach, I'm thinking in that's fair. Uh let, we both get an opportunity to score, right? Let's go ahead and let him go first. Then I know what I can do. Cause then at that time, think about it. The 49ers could have probably went for went for uh went for it on fourth down right there, yeah. right? Instead of kicking that field goal. So um, I think uh, it's more safe. It's safer as a coach. Um, let Mahomes go first. You know, him and Brady, you do not want them to be the last guys having the ball with their clutch no. factor, right? No. Um, it's just different, you know, with them two. Uh, even Peyton didn't have that clutch factor like those guys have, right? Right. Of right. just being – like when they have the ball at the end of the game, you get kind of scared, 
right? The mm-hmm. pressure is definitely going up. You can't make any mistakes as a defender. Um, so uh, I would have definitely had to give Mahomes the hey man, we're gonna give y'all the ball right now. Yeah. Uh, see what see what our defense can try to pull it together. Um, we know the chances, like you said, he has a high chance of scoring anyways. So at least we can yeah. we can have a um have a chance at four tries instead of three to get in the end zone. Yeah, I you know I I think that the <laughs> the whole thing about them not knowing the overtime rules that was that was pretty yeah. funny. I, it's you know maybe they didn't know that maybe they didn't. Uh, Chris, yeah. <laughs> with another Kansas City win under our belts, um, how do you think that this win affects the Broncos? off-season approach do you think that this kind of adds a sense of urgency uh in free agency and the draft to maybe hit on some of these signings and picks oh yeah definitely and um I think all those moves will come fast you know I think uh you have a lot of situations uh with contract issues on the team Mm -hmm. um I don't know if they're the 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 Walden's calls or their Patton's calls you know because Patton's still here so, uh, right. you know, who made the call on Russell Wilson? It could have been the ownership that made that call, right? Yeah. So, um, um, and without Patton. So um, that's probably why he's, his job might still be safe um, because he's made a lot of questionable moves too. If, if we yeah. count what the organization has. So they have yeah. to make it right this year, right? They have to have a good offseason. They have to have a 95%, you know, percentile of being right this year right yeah. they can't we can't have a bad year or down year this offseason it's going to set us back you know years we see how bad off seasons can set you back um mm. and now we're chasing the goat right we're chasing one a guy that's you know up there with brady he's right there in our division right even yeah. though we've been able to knock him off this year right that um uh, offensively their team wasn't uh up to par compared to what it's going to be this offseason Right, because right. we know they're going to get some receivers. Uh, the younger guys, the re- younger receivers are going to get better. Um, they're mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, uh, stat on defense. I, I don't believe so, um, like they were last year. But mm-hmm. um, their offense is going to be better, right? Yeah. So um, Broncos have to be, be. They have to have a good percentage, good percentage um, this offseason on picking and picking the right players. No, absolutely, and I, and I think that with the with the division being the way that it is especially with Harbaugh coming in now uh we can expect the Chargers to to I mean not they're not going to be you know world beaters year 1 maybe they will be who knows uh given Harbaugh's track record I think they will be but I I, I think they'll be think solid that, yeah I, yeah I think they'll be a lot more solid than people will give them credit mm-hmm. for they've got their own set of contract issues uh and, and free agents to go through but I, I think that with Kansas City being the juggernaut that they are right now, uh, despite all their questions, you know, what's going to happen with Snead? What's going to happen with Chris Jones? Uh, yeah. Are they going to address receiver? They, they're also looking for wide receivers. They're also going to be looking for offensive linemen, probably running back. So what is what is the, the issue that we need to press now, right, if we're the Denver yeah. Broncos? Um, what do you think will – what do you think will make it so that the Broncos can catch up to Kansas city in this yeah. off season? Like I, I've been calling for, you know, this whole year, you know, they, they have to uh, beef up the interior D, D line. Yeah. Right. 
Um, whether oh, yeah. that's and also retain a lot of the the O line, you know, I think the yeah. O line, uh, even though I don't think it's up to, uh, they played their best, right? They're still probably top ten in the league. That's how bad the league is, yeah. right? When it comes it's to O line, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we still have to be real and say like Broncos still have a top ten O line, right? Yeah. Uh, compared to, to other teams, right across this league, which is not very you know a high standard right now, but. It's the facts, right? Um, uh, So we have to beef up the interior line. You know, when we look across the Chargers and we see what they're going to do with Harbaugh, uh, he's going to bring a a more physical mentality. They're going to try to run the football. There's going to be more Mm -hmm. play action with Herbert. Um, He's going to be more West Coast, you know, uh, type of style. Um, And I think he's going to run more, right? Uh, Yeah, I agree. Harbaugh likes his quarterbacks to run a little bit. So they're going to have the ask, the, and he's a great run designer, right? Everywhere he goes, he's been able to run the football. So we yep. got to get, and what's the Broncos' biggest weakness? We could not stop the run. Run defense. So um, I think the Broncos have to make some choices. You know, they got DJ Jones, which is a $10 million cap space, which I probably think they cut him and probably, if I'm them, I would cut him and try to go get a Christian Wilkins, you know, yeah. from the Dolphins. Hey. Like somebody that can be an impact player, you know. Um, because you gotta have Leonard somebody Williams. like a Chris Jones or or yeah, a, like a Leonard yeah. Williams. Somebody you gotta have somebody that can that can kind of match somewhere close to a Chris Jones inside there. Even though mm-hmm. I like DJ Jones, but at ten million dollars, I I can't um, pay you spend. that. You know, you know. So I can see him being a cap casualty. But uh, the, you gotta you gotta fix the D line and up front and the linebackers. I think Patrick Queen might be out of price of what Denver Denver doesn't yeah. really pay linebackers you know in our history you know yeah. really track it you know because we would have paid Danny Trevathan right you know yeah. uh, but uh we just don't do that so um I, I that's what I think the direction they need to go we got to beef up the D-line yeah definitely I I completely agree and this kind of leads us into our talk about some of these top free agents uh you know I, yeah. I got to sit down uh, and and discuss some of these. Uh, so my top, like my top guys right now uh, at certain positions, you know, not necessarily speaking for the Broncos, but just some of the top guys across the league. Obviously, Chris Jones is going to be. I, I'm leaving Chris Jones out of this list because there's still a chance that he could be franchised. Um, so, you know, Christian Wilkins is another one of those guys who could potentially be franchised. Uh, so Kirk Cousins. Quarterback from Minnesota, he's coming off that Achilles injury. Minnesota apparently has said that they are not willing to give him a guaranteed contract. Um, and then there's other other things that have come out, like about them uh, heavily scouting quarterbacks leading up to this draft. Uh, the the news that they were looking at trading up for Anthony Richardson last season. Uh, so all the signs are kind of pointing to him being gone in free agency. We could loop Baker Mayfield in with that. I don't really see Baker leaving Tampa Bay um, unless he gets a, a better deal somewhere else. Uh, but who knows? So Kirk Cousins is at the top of that list. Mike Evans, wide receiver from Tampa Bay. I think that he's probably going to be the top wide receiver on the market since T Higgins is probably going to be franchised um, that I'm, who knows that guy's going to get a big payday somewhere, or he's going to end up staying in Tampa Bay on a short-term deal. Uh, their cap. I mean, they've got a lot of positions too, that they need to fill and is paying Mike Evans at the top of their list. Probably not. Should be. Um, it should be. 
Mm-hmm. Again, they have a lot of holes that they got to fill. Um, yeah. Danielle Hunter, from, also from Minnesota, he's probably primed to be a top defensive free agent, uh, even with Chris Jones hitting the market. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that a lot of teams are going to look at. They're going to throw a lot of money at this guy. Um, is he going to take a, a two-year deal or a three-year deal? Uh, we'll probably see something along the lines of a three- to four-year deal for him. He's about to get paid. He's, 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 you're right. He's about to get paid. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs, the running back from the Raiders. Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley was kind of close there for me, but his injury history versus Josh Jacobs' production on lesser teams, I think that Jacobs mm-hmm. probably provides the most value. And if we're speaking in terms of the Broncos, Sean Payton's been vocal about his love for Josh Jacobs. It's a match made in heaven. Go out. I like that pick. If we can get get Josh Jacobs and steal him from the Raiders, that'll be huge. It'd be massive. If I'm the Raiders, they got to figure out a way to still keep Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. They got to find a way to keep him. I don't know if he had a good year this year, you know, but he's still a young running back. Yeah, Yeah, he's still, still, I think he's, I think he's still got a lot left in him. So much tread on the tires still. So much tread yeah. on the tires. Like it still could be a top, top paid, you know, free agent running back. Like Saquon's probably going to get a, a decent sized deal from somebody. Um, but I think Josh Jacobs has to be like at the top of the list for just about every team. And then uh, Tyron yeah. Smith, the offensive tackle from Dallas. They're kind of lean. I mean, this is a, a tackle heavy draft. They're towards the end of the first round. They've been doing very well drafting offensive linemen as of late. He's approaching, you know, 34, 35 years old. Are you going to sign him to a massive deal with Dak? Apparently wanting 60 million a year. He's probably gone. So, um, you know, that's an, that's also an option that we could keep open for Denver, but those are some of my top guys, Chris. And I want to ask you, what do you think the Broncos biggest needs in free agency are like the biggest positional needs. Give me like your top three uh, biggest positional needs. Oh, D tackle for for sure. D tackle. Um, We need a corner number two corner. We don't have no corner outside of uh, Sertan. So they have to find, um, you know, another outside guy that can play with him and be competitive. You know, Darby Mm -hmm. plays solid. He went and played solid, solid with the Ravens. You know, yep. so um, and then offensively, uh, like you said, running back, bro, running back has to be it. I think we're solid at receivers. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't reach or overpay for a receiver. Um, you still have a chance to be able to um, trade Judy, which mm-hmm. I think they probably will. You can trade Judy before the draft, uh, get a set, probably get you a third round pick, yeah. right, and still get a solid receiver because you're not going to pay Judy after this year. Um, I don't see that happening. Uh, yep. Cortland, uh, or and then you're going to release Tim, so you're going to rely yeah. probably more on younger receivers. Um, so I, I think the main part we need a stable running back, we don't have a a, a, a bell cow guy that's you know yeah. striking fear into other teams. That's going to be if we get it, say if we draft a um JJ McCarthy, mm-hmm. right? It would be he would feel a lot more comfortable if he had Josh Jacobs behind him, right. Yeah. So or so I think um that that um definitely are my top three. Being able to get a run stopper up front, we gotta get some mm-hmm. help opposite of Sertan, and then mm-hmm. being able to get a reliable running back. 
Love it. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, and if J.J. McCarthy is the guy, uh, we're going to keep an eye on him definitely in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Great yeah. transition, Chris, because I, I think that we're going to be very surprised by some of the guys at the Combine, especially – uh, I, I mean, I'm going to be keeping my eyes on all the quarterbacks, um, but the reason that the combine is so great, especially from a scouting or analysis standpoint, is we get to see how athletic these guys really are. And athleticism translates very well to the NFL. Like it, if you're if your film is so so, but you're a really, really good athlete, it probably means mm-hmm. you're going to translate to being a, a pretty decent NFL player. Um, but if your film is good, but your athleticism is bad, uh, there's a lot of times where it's like that guy's just a good college player, but not an elite NFL athlete. So outside right. of JJ McCarthy, who are some of the, who are some of the players? It doesn't have to be quarterback, but who are some of the big players uh, in, in this draft class that Denver specifically should be keeping their eye on in Indy? Definitely. Uh, we got to be looking at the quarterbacks, you know, up top. You know, we're going to look at uh, J.J. McCarthy. We're going to look at Michael Penix, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think we have a shot at Derrick May at all unless we trade up. We're going to look at the tackles. We're going to look at Joe Alt. Um, look at, uh, what's it, Fasahanu? Is that his, how you say his name? Fasahanu uh, from Penn State. We're going to look at him, right? From Oregon State. Yeah, and the Oregon State guy. Monster. Um and then a sleeper, man, I would look at um, a sleeper um, would be if, say, all the, the guys are gone, you know, they might take a corner, but which mm. you never know because, um, you know, a lot of those guys might be on the board. They might want to Brock Bowers. Uh, but my yeah. last guy, I would say uh, that's a freak athlete that I think is going to be uh, uh, top. Uh, he might climb up the boards after the combine. Is that yeah. Brian Thomas kid from LSU? Because yeah. he's a freak. If when you look yeah. at him and look at his measurables, um, he was he's a freak downfield threat. Um, mm-hmm. you know, physically uh bigger than everybody, right? Yeah. And he can run. So those guys mm-hmm. usually, you know, climb up the boards and you know, make it in the top 15. So yeah. I think if he goes and kills the combine, I don't see how he doesn't make it in the top 15, top 20. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people, you know, and, and we'll save some of this for the draft uh, draft episodes. But I think a lot of people would be upset if Denver traded down into the first round and then, you know, took a wide receiver with their first pick. I, I, I think a lot of them would be questioning, you know, what what are they doing? Sean Payton doesn't historically take receivers in round one, but this is still such a strong receiver class. I mean, we're probably going to see five six wide receivers taken in the first round. Um, same with offensive tackle. We'll probably see five or six of those guys taken in the first round as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton in, you know, they, all the guys are, that they want are gone. Um, you know, you don't want to take Bo Nix at 12 because that's probably too rich. Uh, Penix medicals are probably going to, to tank him out of the first round after, uh, after the combine, even if he puts on a good show, I, I think people, need to understand that this is a guy that despite his stats and despite his numbers 
relatively unreliable in terms of staying healthy and on the field. And he's going to take mm -hmm. massive shots. So are you going to take that guy in the first round? Probably not. So now your positions really cornerback. I mean, outside of outside of quarterback, cornerback, mm -hmm. see who's there in terms of interior defensive line. We know for a fact that uh, Jerzon Newton from Illinois and Byron Murphy are probably going to be first rounders. Those are two guys yeah. to watch at that position. Edge is probably the other position that I wouldn't be surprised if they target Dallas Turner, Law 2, uh, Jared Verse. Those are all going to be guys to keep your eyes on. Um, and, and, you know, is wide receiver one of those positions that they should be looking at? For me personally, if it's the right person and it's the right player, yes, but it has to be that. So Brian Thomas, I, if he's on I, the board, I, you got to take a good look at it. You got to take a it. real good look. Yeah. <laughs> Keon Coleman from Florida State. Man. I see a lot of, lot of Brandon Marshall in that dude. Six four. Is what round do they have him going? Probably second round, third round. He right now he's getting second round love. Um, but the I Broncos have, have no second round picks, right? No. So that's where like See, a if we down, had a, we need that second round pick, man. We need that trade Come down on, Judy. scenario. I mean, is he gonna get a second? We might round be able to get it with Judy. though. Maybe. let's see what we can get if we can get a third I it, round. I think it depends on. Uh, the team. We'll take it. I think it depends on the team. I I think like. You know, and we got to think about his cap hits. So it's a 13 million cap hit. Are they going to send a second rounder straight across? Probably not. Well, it will it would probably have to be Judy in like a, a 25 third or something like that uh, mm -hmm. if we want to get that. Um, Chris, let, let's get into uh, some fan questions or some listener questions here. So we asked, you delivered. We've got a couple of them right here. Uh, first question here. Let me pull it up. The first question that we have is from Jay Gray. And he says, Chris, how do we fix our cornerback two position draft? Or is there someone on the roster right now who can step up? Hmm. Well, right now on the roster, I think we have Mathis. Um, mm -hmm. Right. We Moss. have Moss. Um, and so Jermon I Smith can't really, not, yeah, he, he's he was not a more he's a special guy. guy. Uh, Monroe, I think he was a free agent now. Yeah. Um, so really it's slam at corner. If you look at the corner room, you'll see J Mac. Can J Mac play corner? Let's see. Can he play outside? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think they mm -hmm. might have to see if he can do that. Um, or, or are they just comfortable just making him play the nickel? Right. Yeah. But, um, I think the best option right now is definitely, um, uh, if they if they don't want to probably draft a cornerback first round, right? They have no second round. Unless so, it's Kenyon. Um, if it's yeah, Kenyon so, Mitchell. Oh yeah. Take him too. Because he can he can he's definitely gonna be a baller. And he's gonna be first round. Uh mm -hmm. but uh, we see the impact of the DBs, especially in the Super Bowl with Sneed and McDuffie. So we definitely know that Sertan needs another partner in crime back there. Um, that's going to be consistent that he can count on. Um, so I, I would say let's look in. We might have to look in the free agency again. You know, um, I wouldn't be bad. Wouldn't be sad if they brought Monroe back as like the number four corner, mm -hmm. right? Or Darby back as like a number four, right? Yeah. So I just get a um, 
Uh, and I know we're not going to pay Sneed because we're about to pay yeah. Sertan probably sooner or later. Yeah. So that kind of takes them out of that. So I, I see the Broncos probably drafting the guy third round and trying to see if Mathis, Moss, and those guys can um, continue to improve. Because we don't really know what we have for Moss. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't even give him a chance to play. Like, he yeah. came in and did a little spot, you know, a little yeah. – um, you know, he, he got dime. some reps at, the end, of the, at yeah. the end of the season, played special teams, but nothing – you know, not – you know, not anything crazy with outside Island, yeah. or anything like one that. One-on-one yeah. with a top corner or top receiver yet, right? We yeah. haven't seen that yet. So um, that's what that's what we need to see. And can Mathis get his confidence back? Because we know he's 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 um, yeah. talented, right? We know he can do it, right? But maybe with a Jim Leonard, maybe he might teach him more fundamentals. Yeah. Help him with his uh, film study more with the uh, – because Jim's a hell of a student of the game when, you, when you're talking about uh, football. Uh, yeah. So I think he should uh, help those guys, especially in the secondary. Hey, maybe that's a guy we need to get on this show. Jim Leonard. Brent, come on Jimmy down, Leonard. Uh, last question here, Chris. Um, some uh, listener asked, is May three firsts, a second, PS2, Sutton, Simmons, and Bowles better than McCarthy? I'm not really sure no. what they're asking there. It, so May three firsts, a second round pick, PS two Sutton Simmons and Bowles better than McCarthy. Mm, no, no, I I I think uh, if they want Drake May, you got to trade up. I I personally Drake May is my quarterback one. May Williams, McCarthy. I'm kind of cooling off on Daniels. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, May uh, over Williams. Yeah, dude, dude oh, and, and it's about to do a whole episode on that. <laughs> here's here's okay, real quick. Here's my reasoning. Okay, here's my reasoning. Drake May, Drake May, and Justin Herbert to me are very similar guys, but Drake May, as far as the uh, the processor. And the truster, like the trust that he has in his arm, wild. Okay. Incredibly underrated athlete, 6'4, 230, and he can move the way that he does. It's pretty impressive. Don't get me wrong, Caleb Williams is very, very good. I think that Caleb Williams also puts himself in a lot of situations that he doesn't necessarily have to put himself into. There's a lot of times mm-hmm. where, and may, may sometimes, will escape a clean pocket um, and get out and then make some ridiculous throw. Caleb Williams will also do the same thing. I think as far as you're looking at the quarterback of the future, who's going to be a more sustainable uh, player during their role, I think it's going to be Drake May. It's very close. It's a 1A, 1B type situation. And then I have McCarthy and then Daniels and then Penix, Knicks, Pratt. So I, I don't think trading up for May, especially with the cost that it's going to take, trading up to two to take him is going to be worth it. Um, I, I think you're better off maybe waiting and seeing if J.J. McCarthy falls. Is he going to fall to 12? Probably not. But uh, yeah, that's something we can talk about on a later episode. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> when we go over our positional rankings, we will. Um, but 
as far as as far as that goes, Chris, do you think that you know McCarthy, if we were to trade up, let's say from twelve mm-hmm. to five, it would probably have to be some sort of combination of like two firsts, a second, and maybe they can throw in a Jerry Judy and or a Garrett Bowles, or maybe even a Russell Wilson. Let's say it's Atlanta, and mm-hmm. they're at eight, and you can trade Russell Wilson there. Would you do that deal and take JJ McCarthy? Oh man, it's kind of we. I think let's wait and see how he does at the combine. Let's see how okay. the combine goes, and let's see how he um, interacts in the competition. Yeah, uh, I don't really know his body movement. Let's see how athletic he really is, because you mm. can see just little glimpses of it, but not really like how the combine is going to show. You yeah. know how JJ, how athletic he is, and then I could really make some choice. Uh, so I wouldn't. And then what if Jaden? What if uh, Daniels from LSU drops? Yeah, right. Well, you never know. You might be able to. You might be sitting at twelve with Daniels right there too. Uh, so the Heisman. So um, that won't be bad either, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the the Broncos. I think they're in wait and see mode, and I think you kind of got to let the first three picks go, and then let's see if we can get in the mix. Right, on, because we already phone. know. Yeah, I think the first two, we kind of already know what's going to happen. And then let's see if anybody, because that third pick, who has the third pick in the draft this year? New England. That pick's going to be worth something. Right, so New England's going to make a choice. Do they want a quarterback? Or, yeah. You know? And, and, they I have, mean, They got a valuable Ari- pick. Arizona probably looks like the, the most viable trade-up uh, situation. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to trade with a division rival in the chargers. Um, and Sean Payton will probably, you know, he can probably make some moves with, with Arizona, but, uh, miss out on Marvin Harrison. Hey man, I'm not doing it. A, I'm it's saying a, it's, a receiver, it's a receiver yeah. rich draft. <laughs> you, you can, Hey, you can't get a Marvin Harrison, but you could get a Malik neighbors. You could get a, Arizona could loves get their receivers. Dollars. They do. They love the Larry Fitzgeralds. Those guys, you know, Marvin Harrison oh, comes in there with Kyler Murray. You get a blue chip prospect. The Not Cardinals a are chip. a better team if they get Marvin Harrison Jr. Absolutely, instantly, it, instant. But will they? Who knows? Yep. We'll we'll wait for we'll wait for after the combine. Uh, until then, make sure that you follow Chris and I on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr. at Patrick Chiodi. Follow at Believe Network as well to view all of the other programs on uh, on our channels. Make sure that you follow the YouTube and make sure that you subscribe to this show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We'll be back next time with more Broncos news, more Broncos updates, and many, many more draft takes to come. Yes, sir. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Broncos country, until next time, let's ride. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.